Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick, and welcome to the end of January. The end end is near. This is it. Sorry, man. This is the end of January for this year. But, hey, we could start off February with um, possible flooding. So, you know, we got that. I mean, we move from we're always moving from in the right direction from snow to rain. And then maybe we'll just not have anything. True. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Well, the drought in March just kind of rounded all out. And then we'll start together. We'll start again in April. Snow in April, <laughs> rain in May, drought in June. True. And then awesome. start again. And then we'll have <laughs> snow in July, <laughs> rain in August. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to put it in the universe, but here we are. Uh, how are you, my friend? Doing all right. Doing good. pretty good. Good. Glad to hear that. Anything exciting been going on this week? Um, yeah, did a lot of movie watching, as you can see. Okay, well that's. I uh, started on Thursday night and continued to Sunday. Look at you. Um, this weekend was going to be like Saturday, Sunday being double features, but because there's only like two movies I didn't watch that I was planning on. But Saturday I had to do some adulting. I need to get uh, uh, tires. I had to get some tires. So. Mm. Had a had a you know the the tire pressure warning came on so I put air in it on Thursday and then by Friday evening it came back on so I'm like all right I know what my Saturday is going to consist of. And <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing is you really kind of have to make a day sometimes yeah. like you need to go ahead and plan on making it a day and then plan on getting up early because if you don't get there early then you're really going to be waiting for a minute. I kind of procrastinated a little bit. Oh no. So when I came home, when I got home from the movies Friday, I was looking on Discount Tires. They had a 9 a.m. appointment. Then I fell asleep. <laughs> I should have went ahead and done it. But so Damn. when I woke up, the only thing they had available was a four o'clock on Saturday. And so I was like, well, I'll chance going to a movie first. Then I'll yep. <laughs> then I'll go. And it, didn't, it actually didn't take long because I got there okay, before four, and I was out of there. Maybe like four twenty-five. Okay, so not long. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it also helps if you make an appointment, and if you, yeah. I guess if you've been there before, they already have your vehicle on file and know what tires you need. Yep. So that's good. Um, yeah, I'm never uh, smart enough to actually schedule an appointment. I'm always just the drive up and how long's yeah. it going to take? Yeah. Nah, I, I just plan. I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm also, again, I'm also one of those people, like, I'll go to Walmart just to get the, you know, whatever tires. But then I end up waiting, like, two hours or whatever because they're understaffed. And so I, I've kind of learned my lesson throughout the years, though, to maybe not be doing that as much and actually just go to an actual tire place and then try and get there early and then get it done. So, but, yeah, once they get started, it doesn't take much time at all, though. Yeah. Once it gets to your car. So the cool thing about it, um, this kind of tire has an app. And so after you get after you're there and set up your appointment, you've got through the app where it shows the process. Oh nice. Eating for service, 
yeah on the you know in the garage or done and so i just had my book reading check it every once in a while and then done i stood up i'm like they're not out there yet and so the one employee's like you good i'm just stretching so (laughs) i sat back down down, and about five minutes later called my name car had got it and headed out cool also not an ad but hey you know whatever works (laughs) yeah definitely not an ad yeah, this is not paid but, promotion. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> wish. We'll take it though. Yeah, we're not opposed to it, but no. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, no, we had a good week. Uh, you know, New York had his Krav, uh, Grayson had dance, and then Saturday, uh, one of the kids in the carpool group wanted to go roller. You know, really wanted to go roller skating. She wanted me to help her. I said, oh, roller skating. I got you on that girl. I said, I'm, I said, I'm off. I said, there's not very many things I like brag about that I'm good at. Cause most things I'm just okay at. I yeah. said, but roller skating, roller skating. I got you. I said, I got you on that. So, okay. I need someone that I really want to learn how to skate backwards. I'm like, all right. After I got off work. So everybody was out there all uh both uh kids from the carpool plus york and his mom and then um and then ruth and grayson met me out there and it was hella packed i mean we're talking three o'clock you know three three thirty on a saturday so yeah you can yeah so you know it's just a bunch of kids plus you know you had birthday parties and whatnot so and then uh so ruth goes over she goes yeah, uh, just her. I go, what do you mean just her? I said, no. It's a two of us. Thank you. She goes, are you serious? I go, listen, I didn't stretch before we even worked for nothing, all right? <laughs> right. I was like, come on. It's like, no, two of us. So, now I had, it's been a few years since I've roller skated, but not too, too long. But it's roller skating. It's kind of like riding a bike. You literally pick it right back up. It may take a sec. It may take a second. It may take a second, but you get it. But for me, I mean, I've been ice skating, so roller skating is nothing. Especially yeah. considering I've had many more years roller skating than ice skating. So we ended up, uh, so we got out there, and again, it was packed. But we, uh, um, York was still trying to get used to being on roller skates and not ice skates. Because that he's been on, I would say he's been on ice skates more than he's been on roller skates. Right. It's just how it worked out. Um, but you know, he got it. You know, once the only time he would fall, it seemed like he would try and bring. It looked like he was trying to bring his right leg over past his left leg to turn. I'm like, bro, just lean into it. That's all you got to do. Just lean, and you'll, yeah. you know, your your body will fall and you'll be all right. Um, but he got it. Grayson has only been roller skating, I think, one other time. Um, so her, she needed a little more help, which was fine. I didn't mind, you know. Just, so she held on to me, and then I would. Do, I said, "Listen, it's pretty much like riding your heelys, except you have three more wheels or two more wheels, and they're all on you know, posing size to just in the middle. But for the but the basic concept is the same. And so, she, you know, I would." kind of fling her like roller derby, you know, just fling her forward and let her go. Yeah. And she'd be fine. It's just, she just has to get 
used to actually having to push off and stuff like that. And they don't have like the, they were all out of the little trainers, like the little PVC pipe things that with wheels. Yeah. To hold on to. Um, she eventually got one most of the way through, but she eventually got one. And so I'm over there helping one of the other, you know, I was going to help one of the other kids, uh, skate backwards, but she was having a hard time remembering to skate forwards. So I had Grayson on one side and I had her on the other. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And she kept, and she just has a hard enough time with balance, which is fine. You know, I just, we're going to work through it, you know? And, and then I think eventually she was like, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm good. I'm just going to do my, go on my own. I'm like, all right, that's not a problem, whatever. But, uh, you know, Grayson would want to go take breaks. York would go and be with his friends, which just would leave me out there by myself. I skated for almost a, from time we got there till about 15 minutes before it was time before the uh, session ended. So about hour and 45 minutes. Good exercise. Yeah, man. I, and I didn't even check, but I guarantee I should have closed all my rings, but nope. I didn't get the little announcement saying I closed all. I was like, this is some bullshit right here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely sweating. Um, But it was a blast. I, I, you know, I forgot how much I really enjoyed it. And I still got it. Like all my moves and everything. I'm like, look at me go. Yeah. And I wasn't the only 40 plus year old, 40, you know, 40 year old person out there. There were couple of people in their thirties and you know, some couples out there. And then there's some people older than me. They were busting the move. You know, they, they do the dance roller skating and everything. Yeah. Like they're out there like little Bow Wow doing roll bounce and everything. You know? <laughs> Choreography and everything. Exactly. Oh man, they had it too. That's which is more power to them. I go with, I could do some, but not, not, not to that extent though. Yeah. I could, my, my dancing is limited to like thriller. <laughs> Because that's what I learned when I was growing up. Yeah. So, but sadly, they did not play Thriller. They did not play uh, Ghostbusters, which to me is like the staple of going to the roller rink. Yeah. They played YMCA, which was that was fine, but yeah, missed out on the other two classics. Yeah. No, oh, well, different time. But yeah, otherwise, uh, you know, everybody had a blast. I came home. I immediately took a shower and some ibuprofen and then rested. And then yesterday needed back medicine because I was feeling it. After, I was feeling it yesterday. I'm like, yep, I still got it, but still doesn't mean it still doesn't mean I'm not. It's like I fully recognize I'm not as young as I used to could, but yeah. I still had a blast. Um, but yeah, oh, my back. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, give a quick shout out. Um, so Ruth and I, Ruth, yesterday Ruth and I went to Opera Mills and did some retail therapy, I guess. <clears throat> and not as crowded, thankfully, for a Sunday. You know, all that stuff from Christmas has finally died down. You know, it was people, but it wasn't near what it had been. Yeah. Even for a weekend. So uh, we were about finished. We stopped at, uh, we were both wearing our podcast shirts. Ruth was first, you know, wearing hers and I had my a new hoodie on and so we were at journey kids and I had somebody that was while well, Ruth and Grayson were over across the hallway over at Claire's I was at journey kids trying to find Grayson a new like shirt, like a Vans shirt. So she yeah. could be, so her and York can both have them. You know, she could 
be, I don't want to say be as cool as him, but you know, for her, it'll be, it'll feel like that for me. She's already a cool kid, but like, she'll be like, you know, I've got now got one just like my brother. So had a very nice lady. I didn't get her name and I feel bad about that. Anyways, while we were checking out, she was asking if we had a podcast. I said, well, I do. Yes. She's just a very good supporter. (laughs) (laughs) And then she asked about it. So I told her and she said she'd check us out. So hopefully she's listening. Thank you for listening. And uh, thank you for helping Grayson find a really cool band shirt. I guarantee it probably will shrink in the wash. So, um, so yeah. And then, um, yeah, I guess that's about it for, uh, for this week. Nice, chill, fun week, um, and got caught up with some movies and some tre- some TV. Yeah. That noise cues the segue <laughs> to TV. Uh, so, Book of Boba Fett, or also known as the latest episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I'm still, I, I know what happened, but I'm stuck. Okay. still not past first okay. episode, but I, I, but I know just, what's up. I'm just yeah. letting you know, yeah. this week's episode is a Mandalorian episode, and that's really all you need to know. Yeah. There's a lot of callbacks to previous movies. Yeah. And something from, like, the Clone Wars that I had to ask somebody about. I'm like, I don't even know what this is about. Yeah. Let me know, because I, I don't know what this lightsaber that looks like a kitchen knife is supposed to do or like a you know like a cutlery there we go the like poultry knife i think that's that's what they call it that sounds like a thing i don't know we can all tell by what i just said that i don't cook much (laughs) carving that's what it's called carving knife oh my god it took a minute yeah processing Mm. yeah firmware (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, indeed. But yeah, um, it was good. It was, I was like, I actually did. And, and I'm sure I'm not the only one double check to make sure I was watching the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't, I mean, I think, I don't know if Boba Fett, I don't know if, uh, what's his name? Timura, whatever his last name is. Um, if Boba Fett had to take like a, you know, had like vacation planned or minor surgery. I don't know, but he took a week off because he wouldn't, he wouldn't anywhere to be seen in this episode. I'm like, all right. So just chill with Mando for, for an up. Works for me. Yeah. No complaints. No complaints. Ratings are dipping. How do we bring them back up? Yeah, you know, we got, we got ways. <laughs> exactly. Um, I did post a meme for those that are cut up. That was really funny. It's a, um, Amy Sedaris's character and, uh, a dating game with Jarwas. So if you, if you've seen the episode, you'll, you'll get it. Um, it's pretty funny, but no, it's all around. It's a good episode. Um, it's good to see, uh, I guess it's, I don't know if it's like trying to be like a teaser for like, Hey, don't forget about this guy. Yeah. That you've already watched two seasons of. <laughs> it's like we know you're loving this, but don't forget about this guy here. On and or if it's like a teaser for season three, or what. But I mean, I'm cool with it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get caught up. 
this week. Try and to then, anyway. okay. right. Did you uh, did you watch Peacemaker this week? I'm still making my way through the episode. I haven't finished it. I think I have okay. maybe ten minutes left of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a solid series so far. I mean, yeah. it's uh, again, I still like the supporting characters more than the main character. I just find them more. I just find them more interesting. Yeah, they're more de- more developed. They're going through their own little arcs, yeah. and he's just peacemaker. <laughs> yep. I mean, he's going through his arc too, but not as interesting. I don't. I don't care about it as much. Yeah, I just don't care about it as much. It's more like he's just there, and <laughs> and I don't hey. know. It's be- I, it's like I don't know if it's because he's such a d bag. Like that's why I don't care as much. Like yeah. I'm like I know we're supposed to, but I just feel like I don't. Like I just I don't know, man. I ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I didn't care for him. Suicide Squad. Exactly. I'm like out of all the characters you could have I would have rather seen a King Shark series. Yeah. I mean, I guess as far as names, this I guess John Cena at the time maybe he had better traction as far as getting people to watch, maybe. Maybe he just had better scheduling. <laughs> yeah, that too. So, um, this is you'll you'll understand the uh, me getting off track for a second. But did you see where uh, Jason Momoa may be joining the Fast and Furious Ten? What is he like? Going to be a uh, Dom's think- cousin? <laughs> 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 No, it's gonna be it's gonna be Jacob's love interest. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. Uh, I think he's supposed to be the new villain, the new big bad. Is he gonna turn good by the end? Also, probably. probably. <laughs> or what if he started out good and then turned bad? You know, it's flipping on its head for a change. I can see that. I guess since they couldn't get the rock, they had to get someone close to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're just picking off. Yeah, big dudes. Left Might as well just right, got so. Roman Reigns, right? <laughs> or Batista. Yeah. We all we've all seen him squeeze into a sports car. Yeah, I do mean tattoos. squeeze, man. Yeah, like they had to put some baby oil on him just to just to get him in, get that him in little... and out. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> you can't see me. <laughs> I'm not here. <laughs> really, really, really slow. <clears throat> Very, really slow. You can't see me. Uh, bless. So that's no. interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm put him in I, there, and he's put him in there, and he's not as fast or furious. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's slow and steady. Yeah. There you go. I mean, which like I get there. <laughs> slow and steady is how you win the race. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask the tortoise. <laughs> so one show I've been meaning to talk about for a couple of weeks, but I keep forgetting to write it down. Is the one that Grace and, uh, and Ruth actually have been watching. So by proxy, I've been watching it as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd say that's how you use that term. But uh, basically, they've had it on, so I've been watching it. And it's a uh, it's called The Secrets of Sulphur Springs. It's on Disney Plus. There are currently two seasons. The first season is on Disney Plus. I believe they're only on the second or third or. or yeah, I think this week will be the fourth episode. Um, so if you have Disney, either I think either Hulu or 
you know, whatever you get your cable shows, uh, you'll be able to watch it there. So the show is about, and it's an American mystery drama TV series. It's a suspense and time travel series as well on, you know, like I said, on Disney plus series is set in a fictional Louisiana town of Sulphur Springs. So basically, uh, this family moves into a, ho- a hotel that's believed to be haunted. The uh, father of this family, played by John Brayton, or Bratton's two A's, his character, Ben Campbell. By the way, every time I see him, I think of our friend and past guest, uh, Chad Patesnick. Beard and everything looks just like, uh, throws me off every time. It's like, oh, Chad, Chad got himself a new gig. <laughs> But no, uh, they just have similar features. Basically, he grew up in Sulphur Springs and has moved back to open this hotel. So they moved from Chicago to here and try and rebuild this and this hotel and get it running again. Kind of start a new chapter, I guess. But in doing so, they open up, you know, there are secrets that go with him and his family. Preston Oliver plays Griffin Campbell, Kylie Curran. Plays Harper Dunn. L. Graham plays Savannah Dillon. Madeline McGraw plays Zoe Campbell. Landon Gordon plays Wyatt Campbell. Kelly Fry plays Sarah Campbell. DeAndra Lyle plays Jess Dunn. Bryant Tardy plays Topher Dunn. And uh, Victoria Page Watkins plays Lucas. And Jake Melrose plays. Young Ben, Isabella Rose as young Jess, and then Jim Gleason as Bennett Campbell Sr. So while exploring this hotel, they come across this area that they come the kids come across this old bunker with old, you know, like sixties, sixties and seventies style. Well it looks like an old war bunker, you know, from the sixties. They come across this box that looks very homemade and it discovers that this box is basically a you know, basically does time travel. It opens up a portal to the same area where they, you know, where they're at, but just a different time in doing. So the both Griffin and Harper go back in time and there's a camp there at this hotel and they're trying to figure out the, apparently a girl went missing. And so they're trying to solve the mystery of, of what happened to what happened to Savannah Dillon. But back in the present time, there are eerily, there are some eerie things that are occurring, sounds, different things moving. So you think, okay, it's haunted. It's got ghosts and stuff. Turns out it's probably something that's occurring for like from the past that's now affecting the future. So right. things are kind of moving around. And it's about trying to discover what what what's going on now, but what happened in the past that's possibly causing it. And trying to figure out, you know, what happened to Savannah. In doing so, Griffin inter- ends up interacting with his a younger version of his dad, as well as a younger version of Harper's mom. A lot of interesting storylines going on. And it's not too confusing, which is good. There are some good twists and, you know, for every for every secret that you solve, there's another one that there's another question that pops up. So it keeps you, you know, it keeps you interested. It's pretty good. Um, I actually find it very entertaining, and I'm glad Grayson likes it. I'm like, 
Grayson, if you like this, I've got this show called Lost. I think you'll really like. <laughs> may have to wait a couple of years, but it's pretty good. So I would recommend it for sure. Uh, you know, it's not it's not scary because it's Disney, so it's not like you know like scary scary. But it's got you know some jump moments maybe, but nothing that's really going to like cause any bad dreams. I wouldn't think. But it's pretty cool if you like uh, you know time travel stuff and how all that butterfly effect stuff works you'll find that since good i mean it's good uh writing so that helps keep me at least entertained so that's a I put that on the high recommend what you got something else have you been watching anything else this week other than because i know you've been busy watching movies i've just been trying to catch up finish the, the wu-tang series because i heard there's supposed to be a third and final ep- uh, season coming up so I'm about six episodes into second season, and okay. that's the only one I managed to really get through halfway okay. at least. That's about it. Not much else. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's go ahead and dive into our feature presentation. This week we went and saw Nightmare Alley, but we didn't just see Nightmare Alley. We had to be all extra. We went and saw Nightmare Alley in black and white. Yeah. So it was a reissue, I guess. You could say, I think it's what they refer to that as, or a re-release, something like that. And so we went, saw Nightmare Alley, black and white, which neither one of us had seen it in color, so we really don't know what it, you know, how much it differs at the moment until we, uh, till we get a chance. Yeah. Which apparently will happen tomorrow. Because from what I read, uh, Nightmare Alley is supposed to drop on HBO Max and Hulu, I believe, uh, tomorrow, February 1st. So I will probably be watching it again <laughs> tomorrow. Because I'm yeah. very curious how, how different it looks, you know, the, as far as, uh, I mean, obviously it'll be in color, but as far as like texture and richness of the colors and everything. Then do you get the same feeling from it? Right. Yeah. So Nightmare Alley is, uh, came out December of last year with a runtime, or it's rated R, runtime of two hours and 30 minutes. Perfect, good, sweet spot there for a movie like that. Probably could have been a little bit shorter, but I was okay with it. It's about an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hook, uh, who hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Written for the screen and directed by Guillermo del Toro, movie stars Bradley Cooper as Stanton Carlisle, Kate Blanchett as Lilith Ritter, Tony Collette as Zena the Seer, Willem Dafoe as Clem Hotley, Richard Jenkins as Ezra Grindel, Rooney Mara as Molly Cahill, Ron Perlman as Bruno, Mary Steenburgen as Mrs. Kimball, Davis Strathairn, who just recently celebrated a birthday last week, uh, as Pete, Mark Pinvinelli as the Major, Peter McNeil as Judge Kimball, Holt McCallany as Anderson, and 
Clifton Collins Jr. as Funhouse Jack. Tim Blake Nelson as the Carney Boss. So yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good actors in this. Yes, uh, the movie. This is actually, I guess you could say, a remake. Uh, originally, the original movie came out in 1947, starring Tyrone Power and Joan Blondell. About the same story. Uh, the the story is originally based off of off of a book by William Lindsay Gresham, who published the book in 1946, uh, which you know the Books is a study of the lowest depths of showbiz and its sleazy inhabitants, the dark, shadowy world of a second-rate carnival filled with hustlers, scheming grifters, Machiavellian femme fatales. So originally, uh, Grisham attributed the original or the origins of Nightmare Alley to conversations he had with a former carnival worker while they were both serving as volunteers with the loyalist forces in the Spanish civil war. Gresham wrote the, wrote the novel his first while working as an editor for a quote, true crime in quote, pulp magazine in New York city during the forties. He outlined the plot and wrote the first six chapters over a period of two years, then finished the book in four months. Each chapter is represented by a different tarot card. Yep. That would have been, I think that would have been really cool if they would have done that. In the movie, like chapters, yeah, just have it on the screen, like chapter one, and then had the tarot card next to it. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah, but I'm um, this movie was beautiful to watch, and I have really no gripes about it because it was so good. Um, I thought the origin story is interesting. One thing I learned while researching this was that the word geek that you know is used in common vernacular now. Mm-hmm. This was the first, I guess, first introduced into, I guess, I guess the lexicon. I don't know how you've worked that or just into, um, you know, into pop culture was this book. Basically, how they how the book defines what a geek is uh, in the book. Clem explains that geeks are, quote, made a sideshow owner finds an alcohol bum, alcoholic bum and offers him a temporary job with a steady supply of liquor. Uh, initially, the bum is only asked to pretend to be a geek, using a razor blade to slice chickens' necks, and then faking the drinking of the blood. After a few weeks, the owner threatens to end their job and replace the bum with a, quote, real geek, end quote. And the fear of sobering up terrifies the bum into actually biting the chickens. Thus, a geek is made. So not exactly how most people use it. I guess the term has evolved like most do. Yeah. <clears throat> but I didn't know. I, I'll be honest. Like I saw the trailer eons ago and really didn't remember much. So, right. which was great because I loved going into this movie cold. I wish right. I would have arrived after the trailers because once again, I saw the new Batman trailer and I was kind of pissed. <laughs> I was like, right. and the Morbius trailer again. Yeah. They, <laughs> They still have the coming out in January. I didn't even, dude, I wasn't even, I, I had white noise that one. I wasn't even paying attention at that point. I'm like, that's like, the like guy even said out loud. I mean, granted, there were three other people in the theater with me, so I wasn't exactly really disturbing anybody, but I was like, I was like, Jesus, we're still doing this. 
It was like, ah, uh, again? Yeah, I kind of had a bad far as... Well, actually, I did trailers. I didn't see any new ones or anything that I was trying to avoid because I was kind of later than usual. Yeah. Like, I arrived, like, mid midway through the trailer. I was actually on time. I hated yeah. it. <laughs> it's nauseating to be on time. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, ah, so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Saw the Batman tra- I was like, well, I now know more about it than I wanted to. I mean, still didn't really tell me anything, but still showed me more than I wanted to. Yeah. You don't have uh, a lot of context, but it's stuff that you would it still would be prefer to see it the first time in the theater. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't need a second one. I'm excited because now it's only going to be like five weeks away and then it'll be here. I am excited about that part, I guess. But yeah. still, I'm like, <sighs> still annoying it was good i mean this was good it's basically about i mean now mind you we're watching this in black and white so it's going to have a completely different kind of tone watching this and if we were to watch in the color because there are you know with it being in black and white the shadows add so much more depth to the sinisterness mm-hmm. of characters and the darkness of what's going on in the scene so we may see in the color and be like this should have just been shot in black and white to begin with. Just release this version. That yes. version instead of, yeah. You know, when we come back next week, we'll have to kind of give a, at least I will, because I will have seen it again. Just to kind of compare, compare visuals. But yeah. Um, kind of compare and see how it looks different and, and see if I felt differently about it. Yeah. Yeah. See how everything hits compared yes. to color in black and white. Yeah. Yes. You know, the movie starts out with, you don't hear Bradley Cooper talk for like, what, wow. 10 minutes? Wow. Like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Like he's in every scene. Yeah. It's just his facial expression, things that he's doing. Yeah. And then when he finally does speak, you know, it's like, oh, okay, so he does talk. He's not mute. Because okay. I was wondering, right. like, man, is this character mute? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, well, this is done on purpose. I'm still trying to figure out. I think it's just him soaking it all in. And yeah. Not sure if he's like he's going to be that mysterious, you know, uh, not grifter, but I mean, he will be later, but kind of that mysterious stranger into this, you know, community, yeah, that nobody knows about. And he's basically an observation mode, yes, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you see him the beginning of the movie, it's him burning the house down. You're like, I mean, that's one way to do it, it's like out in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, yeah, I was like, I was like I okay, mean, that's a choice, but not only that, he's placing the body in the exposed flooring, right? Or his liquid flame is it walks out. Boom. <laughs> yeah, like all right, we'll see. We'll hopefully get the backstory to that. Yeah, Which yeah do. I was like, all right, yep. Uh, but he joined. He wanders into this. He gets off the bus at the when the bus reaches its final stop. Gets off the bus and there's a circus. And so he winds up going to check it out, mm-hmm. checks out the show, and then winds up, uh, because the storm's coming through, they needed, they're short on help, so they basically hire him to help break the tents down and everything and get on the road. Yeah. And in doing so, uh, when they reach the their second destination, they end up offering him a job to help out, so... Very 
uh, and that's kind of where the story begins. And then meet, he gets to meet all the various different characters at the circus and kind of gets to know them. Meets this magician and or former magician. I guess he quit doing his act, but he helps. He now helps uh, Tony Collette's character, who is kind of like a fortune teller. Yeah. With her with her gig and so Bradley Cooper's character Stanton's trying to trying to learn the ways of his of Pete's routine, being a mentalist and kind of learning the different things, how to trick people into, you know, saying things for, you know, basically giving him the answers without actually giving him the answers in doing so develops a school where he's really got it down and decides to leave the circus, but not without taking one of the, taking the electric girl, Molly, the electric girl who basically just, kind of puts her hands on two cylinders and gets electrocuted. And apparently that's a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. I think I probably would have found a different, I would have found a different, uh, skill or Avenue, but all right, <laughs> that's a thing though. She ends up going with him and they end up doing the, they end up leaving the circuits and developing this two person show where they are, where she helps give like, clues vocal cues uh, that they memorize on what words to use to help kind of give the clues of what the person is you know the thing the person has or the secret or whatever yeah and from there that's how they build their show and ends up getting a huge you know a a wide audience which i you know i i i slightly mentioned this at the beginning or before we recorded that I really like this movie a lot I, I don't mind them leaving the circus but I really feel that they could have easily made this like a two part movie like the first movie is just it's just Stanton's time with the circus learning all the different things maybe exploring it more and then they could have some drama within you know some sort of drama or turmoil that you know they have to overcome and then the second part is them leaving is Stanton and Molly leaving. And then the second movie is just Stanton and Molly on the road, what they are now. And then basically the entire second half of this movie could have been its own movie. But I mean, but I'm still happy with the finished product. I'm just like, wow, these are basically almost like two separate movies because they're two different because they're set in two different things and you see how they grow how Stanton and Molly grow between those times. So true. I uh Stanton is completely different from the beginning. Yes. As he, you know from when at the end I'm like totally different person. Yeah. Mannerisms, how he talks to Molly and just how he carries himself. So but um you know it was two two and a half hours. It didn't it didn't really feel like it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't bored throughout the whole thing. Like when I was, by, by the time I finished, I was kind of like, "This is a good movie," but I'm still not sure if I like it because <laughs> I'm, you know, still processing it. But it's a good movie. Uh, I did like the performances. Watching it in black and white, I do want to watch it in color just to see, just to do the comparison myself. And um, it's just, you know, pretty much a story of a con man who 
comes in, learns learns the trade from one area, takes it, makes it his own, and tries to go solo <laughs> in a way, and then just the results of doing that. Yes, I liked that because again, when I you know when I'm watching the color, but the way they utilize shadows, and especially anytime Stanton was on screen, mm-hmm. and I didn't really pay attention to it so much in the first part. But it really, it really stood out in the second half when he's, you know, when they had moved to the city and everything. And that anytime Stanton was on screen, that half of his, only half of his face was, was lit. So it showed the dark and light side and that basically he's being too, how two-faced he is. Mm-hmm. And that he can't be trusted. So it's, I thought that that was very well done. And again, I don't, I'm sure it's probably the same. It's just going to be a different, it won't be as probably pre- prominent, but it'll be enough that you'll, you'll still see, be able to see it <clears throat> in that, you know, one thing Pete said was, you know, the reason why he stopped doing the routine is that it's basically, and he kept telling Stanton, don't do it because you do it enough times, you know, the person, the basically the mentalist does it enough times. He start believing, starts believing his own lies and that he can actually do these things. And that's why he had to stop his act. And Stanton doesn't listen to that. And then ends up biting him in the ass <laughs> um, towards the end of the movie. And he gets himself into a pickle that uh, you know, he finds hard to get out of. So it then drags the ones he loves down with him. So it is very, I really enjoyed the movie again. Yeah. The way it ended was kind of perfect. Really? Um, you didn't quite see it, but as kind of towards the end, as, as it kind of started to wind, as it kind of wound down and he got on that, on that, uh, on that train, mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, I see where this is going. Like, all right, it's, it's already there. I can see where this is going. And, uh, yeah, no, it, it was great. Uh, I do, I am kind of wondering, like, what happened to Molly? Like, I'm assuming she went back with the circus crew. I'm curious what happened to, to Lilith <laughs> after all yeah. that. So, um, but no, it was a beautiful movie, beautifully directed wonderfully acted beautifully shot um so i'm curious to see if it'll get i know it got some golden globe awards but i'm curious to see what else it gets uh come oscars season so uh, not season but when the nominations come out for the academy awards yeah because yeah which will be in a week from uh, not this Wednesday, next Wednesday, the eighth will be when the Oscar nominations come out. I know voting started last week because uh, past guest uh, Rod Lurie was talking about uh, his nomination. You know, the voting had started for nominations, and so he was having to go through all the different choices. But he also wanted to examine some that. W- Maybe it wouldn't be the popular ones that the big studios are pushing. So um, looking at those and 
basically what other people thought. So. Yeah. Uh, so some more trivia that most of the early scenes were filmed after production uh, suspended during the COVID-19 pandemic. The, that uh, Bradley Cooper ended up using uh, that time to lose 15 pounds and appear, appear younger at the beginning of the film. Uh, Rooney Mara was actually pregnant when filming began and gave birth to her child while production was suspended. That worked out good. <laughs> um, she remarked that the timing of production schedule was advantageous since uh, her early scenes in the picture appearing scantily clad in her carnival costume were filmed after the break. Apparently, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was originally picked for the lead role as DiCaprio chose this over projects from Paul Thomas Anderson and Alejandro Iñárritu. I can never pronounce it. Iñárritu. Uh, but when negotiations fell through due to not uh, reaching a financial agreement, DiCaprio opted out and was shortly replaced by Bradley Cooper. Ironically enough, Cooper ended up replacing DiCaprio on Paul Thomas Anderson's licorice pizza. So, go figure. <laughs> yeah, we all did all right. Uh, Bradley Cooper claimed that many of the tabletop props in the film were actual possessions of director Guillermo del Toro. So all those Thanks. things in the jar. <laughs> imagine that's going a, to his house. Surprising. Yeah, be like, can you imagine stepping into Guillermo's house and those are just like right there on a bookshelf when you walk in and like walk in and go. Well, of course, this is what your house looks like. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't it? Why would I expect it to look any different? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh. <laughs> so uh, Bradley Cooper learned how to box in preparation for the role of Stanton Carlisle at the request of Guillermo del Toro, who wanted Cooper to convey through body language that Stanton had has had a violent past. It does say that Guillermo uh, Guillermo's film is not a remake of the 1947 uh, ver- uh, version starring Tyrone Power, but a readaptation of the novel. So, tomato, tomato. And this is Ron Perlman's seventh collaboration with uh, Guillermo, and Pinocchio apparently will be their eighth. I bet he plays Stromboli. I, that's all I could picture is him playing Stromboli. I don't really have anything negative to say about it. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's not, it may not, I mean, it's a very good crime noir. I mean, it's done like that. It's, yeah. it's not going to be like, have like all these, like other Guillermo movies where there's like these fantastical creatures and, and very fantastic, well, no, fantastical creatures, I guess, where he has them in almost all of his movies. This one's very more, I don't want to say it's more grounded, but for Guillermo, <laughs> this one's more grounded. So. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one I'll watch again. Yeah. Uh, but again, that'll be out, speaking of which, that'll be out. February 1st, uh, HBO Max, and I believe Hulu. I read that. And all right. Next up, uh, 
we'll have a family family movie night pick, I guess you could say. Uh, although York didn't watch it, but it's okay. <laughs> it's not one he would want to watch, so that's why. Uh, after watching the latest Hotel Transylvania movie, Grayson realized she hadn't seen the third one. So I don't know how she understood anything that was going on in the fourth one. <laughs> <clears throat> now we uh, on uh, it's on Hulu right now. Hotel Transylvania three summer vacation. This was released in 2018. Uh, starring Adam Sandler as Dracula, Andy Samberg as Johnny, Selena Gomez as Mavis, Kevin James as Frankenstein, Fran Drescher as Eunice, Stephen, Steve Buscemi as Wayne, Molly Shannon as Wanda, David Spade as Griffin, Keegan-Michael Key as Murray, uh, Jim Gaffigan as Van Helsing, and Catherine Hahn as Erica. Agnes all the time. Um, <laughs> then uh, Chris Parnell as Stan and Joe Jonas as the Kraken. Chrissy Teigen as Crystal. Mel Brooks as Vlad. So basically, Count Dracula and company participate in a cruise for sea-loving monsters, unaware that their boat is being commandeered by the monster-hating Van Helsing family. So basically, Mavis sees how overworked her dad is and feels that he he needs to get away from the hotel and kind of just relax and not have to worry about all the things that running a hotel involves. And that kind of give him a break. So she surprises him with with it because obviously he wouldn't go do it otherwise. And it turns out to go to the Bermuda Triangle of to go catch a cruise. He's like, oh, so we're leaving to go from a hotel to a hotel. <laughs> and then I think uh, Frank was like, yeah, but it's on water. <laughs> He's like, he's like, wow, look at all these things we could do at our hotel. <laughs> so he's having a hard time to, excuse the pun, get on board with the, with this vacation. But, you know, what Mavis is really hoping is that maybe he'll meet somebody. So that, you know, to come into his life that maybe he can find a special someone. And in. Doing so, he ends up meeting the ship's captain, Erica, played by, or I guess, not really captain, but the one in charge of all the special events for the cruise, Erica, which later you find out is actually the daughter of Van Helsing. So, this movie's funny. It's cute. Grayson's watched it, I think, three times in a week so far. Uh, She's watched this one more she's watched the new one. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if she just really enjoys this one more, I guess. I don't I don't know. Uh, or she just doesn't remember what. What uh, platform the new one's on. So, right. which, again, Hotel Transylvania three is on Hulu and uh, the newest one, Hotel Transylvania Transform Mania is on Prime. This one's still directed by the original director and creator, uh Jindy Tartakovsky. And it was also written by him. This is the last one. He actually wrote the fourth one, but didn't direct it. 
But yeah, Grayson really likes this one. I mean, to me, it doesn't look any. It's in line with the other movies. We'll just put it that way. I think it's funny. It's fine. I just wonder how many more we're going to have to. I mean, more they're going to put out because at what point does it. Have you done everything? <laughs> you know, right. So this was the last one that Adam Sandler voiced. Because there's a whole completely different voice for Dracula in the fourth one. Yeah. So. Probably a whole new cast. Probably. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's good though. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's not annoying. We'll put it that way, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Grayson really likes it. It's cute. So it's got some funny moments. Uh, I think one of my favorites is when the witches are chilling by the pool and then Drax's dad, Vlad comes by in the speedo and all the witches are checking them out. <laughs> it just, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. It's it's really funny. So yeah, it's got some good moments. So I don't dislike it, we'll put it that way. But yeah, it's it's fine. Um Yep. And that's about all I got. You are up, my friend. Alrighty. So checked out Red Rocket on Saturday. This is another one that was released last year, December 17th. Runtime of 2 hours and 10 minutes. Directed by Sean Baker. Star Simon Rex. That is Mikey Davies slash Saber. Bree Elrod is Lexi Davies. Susanna Sun is Ray Lee, a.k.a. Strawberry. Um, Brenda Dice is Lil. Judy Hill, Leandra. Leandria. And Ethan... Thorbane is uh, Lonnie. So Mikey Saber is a washed up porn star who returns to a small Texas hometown. Not that anyone really wants him back. So he arrives back in town, tries to move back in with his um, strange wife. And neither she nor his, her mom wants him there because, you know, to them, he's nothing but trouble. You know, and he kind of just just bailed on him, so to speak. But he eventually is able to talk his way back in, promising he'll get a job and help out. He just needs to stay for a couple of days. He can't live with his mom because she's in the nursing home, all that. But because of such a long gap between him actually holding a normal job, like 17 years, nobody wants to hire him. So he tries to, well, let me tell people who I am and what I've done. So he gives them his background and his other line of work. That also doesn't work because, you know, Management's not going to want you there, and the, the public will probably not. It won't be good for business to have you here, a former adult film star here in our business. So he kind of leans back on having sold marijuana back in the day. So he goes to um, to an old friend that he sold for, does a great job with that, and just starts making money from that. Um, starts bumming money from the neighbor whom his wife, whom they're still married. They were just separated. But the neighbor happens to be um, the guy that she used to babysit when he was a kid. So he bums rise from him. Um, you know, he's kind of, I guess, kind of, uh, I guess, fanboying out because, yeah, <laughs> you know, because of his profession. Of course, he's young. And then um, he later on falls for an obviously too young Ray Lee, 
who's 17 going on 18 in three weeks. And it was kind of, I, I, the actress is like, well, it was like 26. I had to look that up because I'm like, please, <laughs> you know. But she looked very much like young. Like she, she looked. Yeah. And um, so, but he uses their relationship as his ticket back to the industry because he's kind of grooming her to put her in and that'll be like, like he's a talent scout. And yeah, basically he just, he's kind of like Bradley Cooper's character. He's a slow, he's a scum <laughs> con artist talks right. a lot. And it's weird. Cause this movie kind of ends the same way as Nightmare Alley, where it's like a close up shot of the main actor. And then it goes to credits, <laughs> you know, kind of similar, but, um, Apparently, Simon Rex was offered this role via phone after being sent the script. He agreed to fly to Texas, and by the time he arrived in Texas, he had already learned his lines. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got a lot. He's got a lot, <laughs> long, lengthy things to say. So for him to know it, it's amazing. Um, and then, as far as the character he plays, uh, Simon Rex himself, before he became a VJ and actor, also was an adult performer. So uh, oh. <laughs> back in the '90s, so. It's kind of close <laughs> to home for him. Yeah. And then I was reading that this movie had the budget of one million okay. and one point one million. I mean, it, it looks like it looks very very low budget in yeah. the sense of like it's like handy cam, shaky cam type deal. It looked like they just set up a camera to say, "All right, we're gonna follow these people. Y'all do what you do," and type thing. But it's still still good. It's funny. It kind of builds up. Because, you know, you got to establish the characters, show how much of a douche Rex, um, Mikey is. Yeah. And how, you know, he does make things right with, you know, to live where he's at. But he's still kind of wanting to go back to the industry, which him and him and his wife were both in. But things happen there. But it, it's, it's, it's an entertaining movie. Probably could have been a little shorter. Okay. But, um. It was funny. It was pretty <clears throat> hilarious. Okay. Yeah, I've been wanting to check it out. I keep hearing good things about it. Yeah. So definitely wanted to put that on the get around to at some point. Yeah. So cool, man. Um, well, I'll let you go ahead and because I know you got it more than I do. Go ahead and go uh, give me your next and then I'll go after that. Okay. So the second one. I checked out a journal for Jordan starring mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan, Shantae Adams and Jalen Christian who plays Jordan, their son. This is, was released Christmas day to 2021 run time of two hours and 11 minutes directed by Denzel Washington. Um, it's about first Sergeant Monroe, I mean, first Sergeant Charles Monroe King, before he is killed in action in Baghdad, authors a journal for his son intended to tell him how to live a decent life despite growing up without a father. It's like he's premonition, so to speak. Right. But um, it's basically mostly told in flashback form. You you start off with um, Shante Adams' Dana Kennedy as she works for the New York Times and she's trying to get this interview she she did all the groundwork to get everything done, but then her boss gives it to someone else to 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 hold, to to head it basically. Yeah. And, um, so she goes home for the ho- for the holidays. Well, she goes home to, for, to be with family, 
where she introduced is introduced to Sergeant Monroe King. And her dad was also military. So that used to be his sergeant. And they just kind of hit it off there. And it's mostly told through flashbacks. And then her as a single mother trying to make things work. And how she meets him. Their relationship. How she gives him the idea to make this journal. Because, you know, you're in the military. If something happens, at least, you know, your son will have this. Um it was it was decent um drama uh kind of light humor but um i thought it was pretty decent it's well acted it's uh chanta adams kind of gave me vibes of Neil long a little bit okay yeah how she looked and so but um i think it's well acted it's got a decent cast um it had a budget of 25 million so far it's only done 6.5 million um but it's cool. I think I don't know if it was a theater release kind of movie, maybe like a Prime or a Netflix type deal, like a streaming movie. Yeah. But um, overall, it was it was okay. It was okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's one I think I was gonna wait till it came on streaming, and then I'd probably check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I checked it out. I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I watched on Apple TV Plus the movie Coda. It came out last year. Uh, it's been getting a lot of buzz. Uh, won like four things in Sundance. Uh, as Coda, which stands for Child of Deaf Adults, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music by wanting to go to Berkeley College of Music and her fear of abandoning her parents and brother. Written for the written for the screen and directed by Cyan uh, Heater. <clears throat> this movie was originally made uh, with a French film. But a lot of people in the deaf community didn't like it because it didn't actually use deaf actors to play the characters. So it wasn't as believable. Whereas this movie, all the deaf characters are all actual uh, hearing impaired. So the movie stars Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi, who learned how to do sign language uh, in preparation to play this character. Marley Matlin as Jackie Rossi, the mother. Troy Kutzer or Kotzer as Frank Rossi. Uh, the two of them actually played a married couple on uh, one of the SVU or Law and Order shows, the Criminal Intent, one of those. Uh, and then Daniel Durant plays Leo Rossi, also is a deaf actor as well. John Fior plays Tony Salgado, Lonnie Farmer as Arthur, and um, and Eugenio Derbez as Bernardo Villalobos. Villalobos. There we go. Villalobos. I knew I'd get it there. <clears throat> so basically. Uh, the story 
starts out showing how Ruby helps out on the boat with the fishing and um, both her dad, Frank, and her brother, Leo, are kind of the ones kind of bringing in all the fish, but she's the one that sells it to the merchant or whatever. And because she can actually, you know, speak and communicate. But, uh, you know, they kind of, it's, it appears that they kind of short them on money because of their disability and not necessarily for any other reason, but, and they get made fun of, you know, cause it's a small town in Massachusetts. Uh, but she's also still in school. Like she's still in high school. She's a senior in high school trying to, trying to get, you know, in there and like she sings, she loves to sing. But nobody in her family obviously can hear her sing. Right. So, you know, when she says that she likes to sing and everything, that she's in choir and doing all this stuff, she's not used to singing in public, and usually just to herself. So when she's in joins the choir her senior year to try and she's very shy because she's not obviously used to singing around others. Whenever her music teacher finally can get her to open up you know he sees that she's you know really good talent pairs her up with another kid to do a duet and you know in it in helping her with her vocals and everything basically in you know he encourages her to apply for berkeley because her teacher went to berkeley also and uh he was from he had some he's like listen i'm a kid from mexico city who had nothing and I still managed to go ahead and put that, you know, put my dreams forward and somehow got, you know, and got in. You need to do the same and not worry, you know. But she's worried about, you know, who's going to be able to help out with the family business. It's that kind of like, how do I, this is what I really want to do. This is what I want to do as a person, but how can I leave my family? All right. Because who will help interpret and because it's a again small town so there's not like a lot of uh people that can sign and communicate so it's a very very good movie this is such a good movie i really like i, I wasn't sure how much i figured i'm like yeah it'll be fine you know but that really it's got a lot of humor and a lot of it is through sign language so obviously there are subtitles because yeah. You know, instead of a foreign, I mean, instead of a foreign language, it's just through a different language, you know, sign language. But there's a lot of humor. Um, it's maybe high school. Definitely not, you know, younger than that, because there are some kind of adult themes and jokes uh, within the family. You know, a lot of it kind of like sex related. So, and you know, they drop some F-bombs usually in sign, but sometimes not. Um, yeah. But otherwise, this movie is beautiful. It's great story, amazing acting. Um, I know, uh, was it SAG Award? I think SAG, I think. One of the award shows they got, hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, both, or was it, no, it was Golden Globes. The,
Nope, it is a Screen Actors Guild. Film made history with its deaf, non-hearing cast members of Troy Coetzer, uh, Marlene Matlin, and Daniel Durant, uh, becoming the first disabled performance to receive the nom- to receive a nomination, along with uh, along with Amelia Jones and uh, Eugenia Derbez and Wash uh, Polio. So, four outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. So that's this year. And then also, uh, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama and Best Supporting Actor Troy uh, Kutzer in the for the Golden Globes this past year. So, or, so yeah, it's and it you know it did really well at Sundance. So I would expect this to do really well in the uh, you know in SAG, and then you know hopefully we'll see some groundbreaking uh, nominations for the Academy Awards coming up. So fingers crossed. But yeah, this is, if you get a chance, definitely watch this. It's educational. It's informative. Well, which is technically the same thing, <laughs> but it's also entertaining. Uh, it's also really entertaining. It's, it's not like a heavy drama. It's kind of a light drama with mm-hmm. a lot of cool things in it that are going on some amazing performances. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend this if you're able to watch this again, right, right now it's only on Apple TV plus, but hopefully it'll, you know, be available in other places uh, where people can watch it as well. Um, Cause this is one I think would have been good in theater as well to see, not just Apple TV plus uh, that's Coda. So please check that out. That's all I have. All right. I'll talk briefly about these next two. Um, So on HBO Max, released January 27th of this year, you have The Fallout. uh, Runtime, an hour and 32 minutes, directed by Megan Park. And it stars Jenna Ortega as Veda Cavell, Maddie Ziegler as Mia Reed, Julie Bowen plays the mother, Patricia Cavell. John Ortiz plays dad, Carlos Cavell. You have Niles Fitch plays Quentin Haslin. Uh, Will Rop as Nick Feinstein and Shailene Woodley as Anna. It's about a high schooler, Veda, as she navigates the emotional fallout she experiences in the wake of a school tragedy. Relationships with her family, friends, and view of the world are forever altered. So as shown in the trailer, it starts off like a normal day, kids getting ready for school and everything. Um, Veda excuses herself from class to go to the bathroom. And while she's there, she sees popular girl um, <clears throat> Mia Reed. And so she's kind of freaking out. She texts in her friend, Nick, like, hey, you wouldn't guess who's in the bathroom. And, you know, so when she comes out washing her hands, like in the trailer, says, no, she's Mia's putting makeup on, and Veda's like, "Hey, you don't need that, you know." Like basically yeah. saying she can't give her a compliment. She looks good either way. And next thing you know, they hear gunshots <laughs> taking place either in the hallway or another classroom. And so they obviously freak out. They hide in the stall, and it's still going on. They're both crying, freaking out. Yeah. And then uh, Quentin makes his way to the girls' bathroom, kind of freaking them out because they think it's one of either this person that's shooting or someone else. And he eventually makes his way also 
into the stall that they're in and he's covered in blood. Oh, and, wow. you know, obviously and he says, no, it's not my blood. No, I didn't get shot at someone else. Um, and then like almost immediately you hear the police respond. Like, I don't know if they were just trying to illustrate, like maybe just time just passed or they just yeah. really are that fast. It come like, man, that's some good response time. Like, right. But, um, so basically the rest of the movie is just how it affects Veda, her friends and her family. So she's supposed to be getting together with her sister to talk about, um, some things that happened early in the movie, but mm-hmm. the effects of what happened just kind of, she just gets just withdrawals from the family. She's sleeping all day, not really wanting to do anything. Um, but she starts to get more, a little closer to the, the other two that she experienced this event with, especially Mia. She goes over to her house, hangs out, finds out her parents are away off in Europe for work. Um, they really get close. Um, Beta has a friend, Nick, who's kind of jealous of this because he's not, she's not spending as much time with him. Yeah. Uh, sister's kind of having the same feeling because like, Hey, we never did what you said we was going to do. Our relationship's different. And then her mom is just kind of, um, I guess. I don't know how to describe mom, but she's kind of, kind of a noiser, (laughs) (laughs) kind of a noiser. She's a mom. She's a mom. Yeah. So she offers therapy. She goes, but she doesn't really take it serious. Um, but you can tell she's she's messed up. <laughs> she's just not. She's she's deflecting by making jokes and everything. Um, Mia, on the other hand, she hasn't left the house. She's not going to school. Um, Quentin kind of gets back to normal. Nick, on the other hand, her friend just kind of gets proactive, starts bringing awareness, wants to help prevent this from happening, and it's just. It's cool. It's kind of heavy a little bit, yeah. you know, not not as far as pushing a point, but just the, um, I guess, the emotionally heavy, at, you know, results of everything. But um, I think it's pretty good. It's worth checking out. If you got HBO Max, you know, watch it. Um, maybe one to watch with family just, you know, because got kids. That can happen in high school. It happens yeah. a lot. Can, you know, still happen. Um, it's just something to had you thinking, you know. Yeah. You hope it doesn't, but you just never know. Right. Yeah. Um, then my last movie, I went and watched the three five five. You're the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird because I went to the movie. I didn't think anybody's gonna be in there. It was like two other people. I was like, mm-hmm. all right. This couple, they were kind of loud. <laughs> I was like, of all the movies. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Uh, this released January 7th, uh, runtime of two hours and two minutes, directed by Simon Kinberg. Oh, yeah. Which at the time, I didn't know he directed it, you know, because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't look it right. up, but it just went in. I was yeah. going based off the, the cast. You have Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz, uh, Finn Bingbing, Diane Kruger, Lupita Nyong'o, Edgar Ramirez, Sebastian Stan, uh, John Douglas Thompson. And basically, it's about when a top-secret weapon falls into mercenary hands, a wild-card CIA agent joins forces with three international agents on a lethal mission to retrieve it, while staying a step ahead of a mysterious woman who's tracking their every move. Um, so, it kind of starts off introducing the thing that everyone's after. Mm-hmm. Then you have a scene that 
introduces the main characters and it gives um, Jessica, Jessica Chastain's character Mace kind of her motivation for what she's doing. Um, there's a lot going on in this. Like half, like when I was watching, I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm thinking about the trailer, which I kind of don't remember. So I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's just it's a lot of nothing for a while. It's just yeah. character introductions and things happening. And once the ball gets rolling, I mean, it gets, it's entertaining. Once yeah. things get going, it just takes a while to get there. <laughs> so, but overall, it's entertaining. It's not, the, I wouldn't say it's the best. It was better than Kimberg's Dark Phoenix. Yep. Um, this is kind of like what maybe the Charlie's Angels movie that came out recently was trying to be, but wasn't. Gotcha. So this is a little stronger in that aspect. Still not saying much, but just keeping it positive. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I did like the chemistry of of the women in this, Pelly Cruz. I didn't know she was going to be in it as much. I thought she was going to have like a pop in. and Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't remember the trailer. But um, I believe everybody had good chemistry with each other. Um, maybe if the writing was a little better. <laughs> but considering, because afterwards they showed, you know, they had, you know, they listed the director. I'm like, damn, that name sounds familiar. So I looked <laughs> it up and I was like, oh, Dark Phoenix. Then he wrote The Last Stand. I was like, mm. this is better. <laughs> I, can't, I give him yeah. that much. It's, it's, it's better. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I like, I mean, I did like it. Like, after it was over and I looked back, I'm like, it took a while to get to where it was going. But once it got going, it was it was fine. But um, it was it was okay. <laughs> it was just okay. You, you could tell what the, you could tell how much the faith the studio had in this movie. Because one, they've released it in January. Mm-hmm. Two, above the title, it has from the studio that brought you Jason Bourne, not the director, the studio. Okay, what do you <laughs> like? You right. okay? Great. <laughs> you know what else you've released? <laughs> Let's <laughs> go down that list too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it wasn't a terrible experience, though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like. Yeah. You, that's not something you. That's usually not a good sign when you when you see from the studio. I'm like, mm. it's kind of like with Morbius, the studio that brought yeah. you Far From Home and Homecoming. You're right. And then I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And I mm-hmm. want to leave with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, from the studio, I also brought you Star Wars Spider Man Three, but you know, here we are. Yeah. Oh no, I guess it's still Sony. Yeah. Oh, doesn't matter. Yeah, it seemed like something that could probably be like a series, but they they did kind of leave it open for a sequel. Oh, you know they did. <laughs> yeah, they left it way open for a sequel. I was just like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, like, it's if I if I really were to think about it and nitpick it, I could we could, we could tear it apart. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But if you're entertained, that's all. Yeah, that, that that's like all like everything I watched. Regardless of the subject matter, I was entertained by it. I wasn't bored by anything, even yeah. though it took a minute to get things rolling in this one. Um, I laughed. There was some good, some decent humor in it. It's just, this the story's everywhere. Stuff right. happens. You're like, oh, of course that happened. And of course that. Yeah. I'm going to shut like, up now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, 
So, Simon, what you doing? Oh, I'm cooking me up a mess of something. <laughs> Pretty much. Bro, wait, what's in it? Much. I don't know. It's a mess of something. <laughs> Just going to make it up as we go. Yep. Because, like, uh, even in the about section about a mysterious woman who's tracking their every move, she doesn't come into like, halfway through and... And it's just like, yeah, she's here, and this is what they're here for. It, I don't know. It's just stuff happens. Like moment, <laughs> it's moment, different moments yeah. that happen that lead to different moments that happen. <laughs> gotcha. But it was entertaining. There you go. So. No, you got to build on something. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of a mysterious woman that's uh, tracking their every move. Uh. Coming out February 25th on Netflix is Tower Perry's Medea Homecoming. <laughs> a new one? Yeah. See how I made that. See how I made that. Uh, made that segue into this. Mm-mm-mm. I knew we couldn't leave that character alone. Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be. <laughs> I I'm reading you the summary. This is not my words. This is what IMDb says. This is the. Su- <laughs> I don't even think I'm gonna be able to make it through the summary. Medea's back, hallelujah. That is in the summary, not me. And she's not putting up with any nonsense as family drama erupts at her great grandson's college graduation celebration. Written and directed by Tyler Perry. Sorry, I should have been like written and directed. By the from the person that brought you, Medea goes to jail. Boo! A Medea Halloween and what Halloween Part Two <laughs> comes a new one. The first one coming to Netflix. A Ma- Tyler Perry's A Medea Homecoming. So yeah, the everybody from previous movies are going to be in it. So I don't even had the energy to look up who else is going to be it, but there you go. Trailers out. Um, you and I both know we're going to watch this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's on Netflix. We don't even have to go to the theater. We just, oh. yeah, we'll watch it. And, uh, the only thing else I have is un- there's an, the final <laughs> uncharted trailer is out for anybody that really wants to watch it. Because, you know, for those of you that really don't feel like going to the movie theater to go see this, you could just watch the new trailer. You know, sure. the first the first just trailer pretty much did it for you anyways. Piece them just, all together. Just can't leave well enough alone with trailers. I don't know why we had to have so many different ones. That's just perfect. be like just be like Morbius. Have one trailer and just play it for a whole last year. Yeah. And then I looked at the poster. It said the release date is April 1st. I'm like... It's probably still not going to get released there. No, because, I mean, which would be the best April Fool's joke ever if they actually did release it then on April 1st. <laughs> uh, all I know is this is the last movie I got to watch, then I'll get that free digitally along with Spider-Man and Venom. <laughs> Maybe so. they just don't want you to have it. Maybe it's think, a ploy. I think, I think that's what it is. They just yeah. want to re- d- deny me. Deny you. Just wanted to be sure you saw Venom. <laughs> yeah, right. Shoot, I got enough just to just to buy a ticket for Morbius, not even go. Because <laughs> it still no, counts. Right. Exactly. Still counts. Still so that's, counts. What, 
that's what happened when I went to see um, Far From Home in the theater, yeah. and the movie cut off after 30 minutes because they didn't oh, scan right. my ticket right. It still counted. I still got my digital code. There you go. <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> uh, coming out this week, we have Roland Emmerich's latest disaster film, and I mean that in more ways than one. <laughs> yes. Moonfall comes out this Friday, the uh, February fourth. And I will probably not be going to see that because I will be too busy probably going to see Jackass Forever also coming out February 4th. Why? Because between the two, that's the one that looks like it might be the most entertaining. I think I'll check that out before work because it's only like 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it'll be. It's a two and a half hour epic. <laughs> yeah. It starts uh, early enough. So, I'm like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> Uh, was. But hey, uh, coming out February 11th, we have Death on the Nile because, you know, Murder on the Orient Express was such a great film. <sighs> yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, I want you back. Marry me. Okay, I need to talk about how I watched that trailer. And I, uh, after uh, when I was watching Scream, it was on before the, the, the odd place to put that. Yes. Trailer. Agreed. But anyways, it was on there, and I'm like, ah, crap. I'm going to end up seeing this movie, aren't I? I'm not a big J.O. fan. I do love Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow, <laughs> are you going to go see my movie? Wow. That's great. <laughs> it's just a double-edged a, sword. It's, it's just a variant. Double-edged sword. One end, getting sliced up with J-Lo. The other one's like comforted by the wows. <laughs> wow, check it out. It's pretty low-key. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible Owen Wilson, but I don't care. It's mine. Uh, yeah, I'll probably go see that. I haven't seen a rom-com movie like that, feel-good type movie like that in a long time. So I'll, I'll go see it. Uh, let's see what else. Blacklight and... Uh, the Amazing Maurice, which is, I believe, a kids' movie, might be animated too, if I remember correctly. So, yep, yep. So, fun times ahead, man. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right, we want to be sure to thank everybody for listening to this kind of extended episode. Um, we definitely appreciate it. We definitely covered quite a bit. And I don't have anything else. You got anything else? Oh, okay. Moon Falls and 4DX. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Every day that falls in 4DX, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> Every time in the morning. Yeah. Um, all right. We will talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.